to the party, pull my windbreaker, fast shoelaces, can't nobody take us, yes, yes, y'all, and the DJ calling, the party don't start until the sunshine's falling. People in your life, they can be the greatest spiritual asset or they can be your worst spiritual curse. The people around you, they can be a tremendous spiritual asset, the right people who lift you, encourage you, equip you spiritually. The wrong people, though, they can be incredibly distracting and destructive and poisonous in your life if you are not careful. In fact, right now, I bet at all of our locations, there are many of you that you probably can think of someone who's a negative influence. They're always critical, always griping, always harping on things, maybe tempting you. How many of you would say, honestly, I can think of someone that after I'm with them, I feel worse about myself and life rather than better? How many of you would say that would be the case? Hands going up everywhere. In fact, uh, I've said this before, but chances are many of you, you're thinking of family members right now. And that's with good reason because there's a spiritual principle that every family has a psycho. It's a proven spiritual principle. Just to prove it, if, if I can get you to participate with me, this is really important. All of our locations, how many of you would say unquestionably in my family, could be the extended family, there is a very difficult psycho. Would you raise your hands right now? Raise, leave, leave them up if you will. Leave them up. Just everyone, leave them up. Leave them up. I want you to look now around, around. Notice the people that do not have their hands in the air. Just remember, there's one <laughs> in every family, and you are the one. We're talking today about toxic relationships, and what I'd like to do is just go ahead and get a working definition of toxic. If you're taking notes, uh, write this down. Something toxic is anything containing poisonous material capable of causing sickness or even death. It's anything containing poisonous material capable of causing sickness or even death. And if you haven't thought of it this way, people contain something very poisonous. The Bible calls it sin. And sin is capable of causing sickness or even spiritual death. In fact, I think that's why the Apostle Paul said this in 1 Corinthians 15, 33. He said, don't be misled. Do not be misled. And I think the reason he said this is because it's so easy to be misled. We may think, you know, hanging out with this person is not that big of a deal. They're not that dangerous. But he said, no, no, no. Do not be misled. Help me out. He said, bad company, what does it do? Say it aloud. He said, bad company corrupts good character. Bad company, it corrupts good character. Now, I don't know about you, but it's so easy for me to think, well, good company lifts up bad character. I mean, if I'm there and I'm good, I'm going to lift up those around me. But Scripture says, no, 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 don't be misled. More often than not, the bad company is going to pull you down rather than you pulling people up. I'll give you an example. My, um, uh, years ago, my oldest two daughters, Katie and Mandy, they were maybe five and four. They were outside playing uh, with their friends. And Katie came busting in the house. She said, Daddy, you're not going to believe this. Mandy said a bad word. She said a really, really bad word. I was like, baby, what did she say? And she said, I'm not going to say it. I'm not going to repeat it. I said, 
just tell me what did it start with. She said, Daddy, Mandy said the BS word. I had the same thought. I was like, where did she? I said, where did she hear that? She said, I asked her that, and she heard from her friends the B. And I was like, bad company. I'm thinking to myself, which one of your kids taught my daughter the BS word? And so I called Mandy in. I said, baby, where'd you hear that? She said, one of my friends. And she's all crying and stuff. She said, I shouldn't have said it. I said, just, just, I just wanted to be clear. I said, can you tell me? Just whisper in my ear, what does BS stand for? She said, I'm not going to say it again, Dad. I'm so sorry. I said, no, please just, you have permission. You're not getting in trouble. Just tell me what BS stands for. Mandy looked at me. She said, Daddy, everybody knows it stands for Britney Spears. (laughs) (laughs) Very, I don't know which one of your kids is saying Britney Spears around my kids, but bad company corrupts good character. Now, obviously, Obviously, that's just a joke, but on a, on a more serious note, what I want you to understand is that, that bad company, it corrupts, it pollutes, it poisons, it destroys. In fact, I'll show you a verse that's very extreme, and I want you to understand this is just how toxic the wrong relationships can be. 2 Timothy 2, verse 16 and 17, Paul says, Avoid what? Would you say it aloud? He says, avoid godless chatter. Don't don't get around this godless chatter, sinful talk, sinful people, because those who indulge in it will become what? They will become more and more ungodly. If we engage in godless chatter, if we're hanging out with the toxic people, We're not going to become more godly. Instead, they're going to corrupt good character, and we're going to become more and more ungodly. Now watch this. Verse 17 says they're teaching what they do. It will spread like what? It will spread like gangrene. Now, I did a little research on gangrene. i got to tell you, this is one nasty disease. What it is is it can start from just a, a simple, very small infection, and the blood or the life stops flowing to a part of the body, and then a part of the body literally dies. And what I want to do is I want to show you some pictures in a moment, but first let me just warn you that what I'm going to show you is nasty and disgusting. If you have a weak stomach, do not look. I will not accept any emails telling me that this was gross. Just close your eyes, turn away, and do not complain. But what I want you to do is I want you to get a picture of what bad company can do. It's a sickness that can destroy. Let me show you some different pictures of what gangrene looks like. Here's one. This is just kind of not too bad. If anytime, go, let's look at another one. If you want to just go, ooh, when we see it, you're welcome to go, ooh. Okay, you think that one's bad. It gets worse, so just hang in there. Don't look if you don't want to. Here's another one. That's just nasty. That, that You should see my other foot. Uh, okay, just, just joking. Let's take a look at another one. Here's, uh, look at that. Look at that. Okay, you ready? Now, don't look if you want the grossest one, in my opinion. Ready for this one? It's going to eat the toe off, okay? Now, you can take the pictures away, and those of you that weren't looking, you can look now again. See, it's my happy face, okay? <laughs> At the count of three, everybody say, ew, one, two, three. Ew. That's nasty, isn't it? I mean, that's just, that's just, that's gross. But what I want you to see is that is a picture of what the wrong relationships can do to someone that is otherwise healthy, toxic relationships. Let me give you three different types of 
toxic company. There would be more, but in my opinion, these would be the most common three. The first type, if you're taking notes, there are those who are chronically negative. Whenever you're with them, they, they drag you down. They're incredibly judgmental, they're critical, they're gossiping, they're complaining, nothing is ever good enough for them. These would be the people of Israel. If you remember the Old Testament, God delivers them out of bondage, and they're like, oh, if we could only go back into slavery, this is horrible, we're tired of this, and they're just whining, complaining, constantly, chronically negative. How many of you know someone like that? You say, I know someone like that, don't point at them, just acknowledge that you do. There's a second type, and that would be the group I would call the controllers. They're controllers. They're overbearing. They're demanding. They're manipulative. That They might be abusive. They could use fear to intimidate you. Or perhaps you always feel guilty. I have to do this so they don't get mad at me. Uh, Do any of you know someone that is a controller? Raise your hand. Some of you are going to, I can't raise my hand because they won't let me. Okay, case in, case in point. There are, there's the chronically negative. There's the controller. Another type of very toxic company would be the tempters, those who are tempters. This could be your boyfriend that's always tempting you sexually, trying to push you to do something that you don't want to do. This could be uh, your buddies. You, you want to meet a great Christian girl, but they're always going clubbing, and they're always wanting you to go there, and you, you're just going to meet someone who's going to be drunk and vomit by 2 a.m. there, but you still go along. It could be like a buddy of mine who uh, is a firefighter, and he really wants to honor his wife and God with sexual purity in his mind, but every time he goes to the station, his, his friends, they're always talking about uh, sinful stuff, and they're always pulling out pornography. He wants to be pure, and yet he's around this all the time. It, it may not be just what we'd call kind of the, the dirty sins. It could be that you've got a tempting friend that's incredibly materialistic, and every time you're with this person, you're just kind of sucked into it. You see the bling, and you, you want more, and you, you, you wish you had it, and it, it just kind of rubs off on you in a bad way. It's not that they're horrible people. It's just when you're around them, something happens in you that's not good. Now, remember, these different types of people, they sound rather annoying. I mean, they're negative. They're, they're you know, kind of tempting you. They're kind of they're, they're, they're not just annoying they can be toxic. They can be destructive. They can take you away from God's best and draw you into a lifestyle that could actually kill you or spiritually hurt you forever. Now, let's kind of unpack this a little bit. Uh, Because all of us, we can be toxic in our own ways. In all relationships, our goal is always to minister. We are to minister to people. That's what we're, we're, we're to bring life. And so we're not going to go around, oh, toxic, run for you. That's not what we're going to do. But we have to stay spiritually healthy because if we're not spiritually healthy, then we cannot help people around us. It's a little bit like, I don't know if you've ever been on an airplane uh, before you take off and they say, you know, if the cabin pressure ever drops, there's an oxygen mass that's going to drop before you. Before assisting the person next to you, you need to secure your own mask. You know what I'm talking about? To me, that's always sounded selfish. It's like, why would you do that? Well, the reason is because if you cannot breathe, you cannot help anyone else. You're going to help people more if you're strong and healthy, and then you can make 
a difference. So what I want to do is look at just two very simple principles of how we learn to effectively and biblically manage toxic relationships. Two things if you're taking notes. The first thing is we have to learn to set healthy boundaries. We have to learn to set healthy boundaries. What what does a boundary do? A boundary keeps the bad out and it keeps the good in. It's not that the people are just horrible, dangerous people, but there may be one part of the relationship that is dangerous to you, therefore dangerous to more, and and so you want to keep that out. And again, this sounds like, oh, this doesn't sound very Christian. I mean, isn't that a wrong thing to do? Shouldn't we be loving? What we have to understand is it's actually a very Christ-like thing to do. You think about this. Jesus loved everyone equally, but he did not treat everyone equally. He recruited 12 people to be his disciples, not 200. Uh, When he would go into a town to heal people, he'd heal a few people out of the crowd, and then he'd leave, and sometimes he wouldn't heal everybody. Uh, Think about this. He would leave those who were closest to him, his disciples, and go up onto a mountaintop for 40 days to fellowship with God. He'd say, uh, you know, tell my assistant my calendar's clear for the next 40 days, and he'd leave, and they'd be like, where is he? What's he doing? Well, he was getting strong with God so he could go back and minister to those who needed him. Think about how he handled the Pharisees, the kind of religious hypocrites. He, he had them, he had boundaries all the time. I'm not going there, I'm not listening to you, I'm not telling you everything, I'm keeping you at an arm's length. He had boundaries. He even had boundaries with his very closest friends whenever they tried to take him away from doing something God wanted him to do. Think about Peter one time. Peter, one of the most on-fire Jesus guys, he's around Jesus, and Jesus is kind of given a, a lesson. He says, I'm going to have to give my life and die for you all, and then I'm going to come back. It's really a good thing. And Peter, with good intention, says, no, I'm not going to let you die. There's no way that I'm going to let that happen to you. And look at what Jesus said as he put up a very firm boundary with Peter. Matthew 16, 23, Jesus turned back to Peter, and he said, get behind me, Satan. Is that a boundary or what? I mean, we're talking strong. You are a stumbling block to me. You do not have in mind the things of God, but the things of men. In other words, Peter, what you're saying, it's game green to me. Even though you don't mean it, the spiritual enemy is working through you to try to take me off of God's path. Get behind me, Satan. I am not going to let you trip me up. Now, I do not recommend that you say to your mother-in-law, you're gangrene to me, get behind me, Satan. Do not do that, even though you may want to. But what you have to do is you have to be willing for the glory of God so that you can better minister to other people. You have to be willing to set up some healthy boundaries at appropriate times. Two real simple ones if you're taking notes, just very practical, very simple. Here's kind of how we'll do it. There may be times when someone is, uh, they're demanding, they're talking about the wrong things, they're tempting you, and what you're just going to do is you're going to say, I won't let you talk to me or treat me that way. It's not you're coming out swinging, you're not yelling, it's just very calmly you're putting up a healthy boundary and saying, I'm not going to let you talk to me like that 
or you can't treat me like that. And it's actually the right thing to do. For example, if you've got a friend who's always gossiping, okay? have you ever noticed that in Christian circles, gossip, gossip is often found at prayer meetings? You know, you, know, you need to pray for so-and-so because you're not going to believe what she's doing. Yeah? And, and you, know, you get maybe sucked into that, and it's very toxic, and so you're just going to say, you know what, if you're going to gossip like that, I'm not going to be a part. And if you continue to do so, I'm just going to walk away and go read a book. You're not a jerk. You're not mean. You're just going to say, I'm not gonna, we're not going to go there. I'm not going to talk about that with you. Uh, ladies, you, you may be married, and you've got some other lady friends, and they're always trash-talking their husbands. He's not, and on and on and on and on. And, and that kind of gets in your soul, and you, and you start having negative thoughts. You're just going to say, you know what? I'm going to honor my husband. He's a, he's a man of God. I believe in him. I'm going to speak the best. If you're going to go there, you guys can do that without me. I hope you don't, but I'm just not going to be a part of that. I'm not going to go there. You, you, you may have a... Um, a buddy, guys, you go to the gym, and this guy's coming up to you. go, man, did you see her over there? She is hot. And you're like, no, I, I'm not going to pollute my mind with that. Just don't, you don't say that to me. I'm, when you bring it up, I'm just not going li- to. I won't let you talk to me or treat me that way. It's very simple, very practical boundary, and you state it. You don't just hope they're going to understand or they're just magically going to absorb your boundary. You just draw a, a line in the sand and say, here is a boundary that we're not going to do that. The second thing is you might just say, I'm not going there with you, wherever there is. Whatever it is that you're doing that's not helpful, I'm just not, I'm not going to be judging you and be all preacher man at you. I may tell you I disagree. I may tell you I think it's wrong, but I'm, I'm just not going there with you. Uh, your friends, maybe you had a problem with alcohol. You, you used to drink all the time, you used to get drunk, and, and you've been clean and sober. And you've got some friends like, hey, we're going to the keg party. It's like, you know what, I really care for you. I want to be involved in your life. You're a good friend. But I'm, I'm just not going to the keg party. It's just that's not what I'm going to do. And you just, you just draw the line and, and you just say it. Uh, it could be, uh, ladies, you're married, and an old boyfriend contacts you on Facebook. And he's, hey, I'm just glad to see you. I hope you're doing great. Could we get together for lunch sometime? And you're very polite, but you just say, I'm not going to go there with you. I'm married. I'm glad to hear from you, but that just wouldn't be right. You do not go there. And I want to just drive this point home for a minute because this is happening all the time. You do not go to lunch with an old boyfriend or an old girlfriend or start talking with them on Facebook. You just don't do that. They may not be a bad, the potential for a toxic relationship is there. You just don't do that. You're dating someone, and they're putting the moves on you, and you're a Christian, and you're not going to do it. You say, whoa, baby, back it up. And then you just bust it out and say, if you like it, then you should have put a ring on it. If you like it, you should put have put a ring on it. No rang, no thang, can't touch this. Do, 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 do. That's what you do. You just tell them. It's, you know, I'm not going to go there with you. You know, that may be your thing. It's not my thing. And you draw a healthy boundary because you are going to please God with your life. That's just pretty good preaching, if I may say so myself. You are going to do the right thing, and you're going to honor God. And you may be shocked at how God is going to honor your boundary. I'll give you an example. Uh, before I was a Christian, 
I did a lot of non-Christian things. And right around when I was turning 19-ish, 20 or so, I surrendered my life to Christ. And one of the first things I made was a commitment that I'm not going to uh, be with a woman until I'm married. And that was kind of odd for the people I hung around with. And one time there was this girl that was kind of being forward with me. I don't know why that happened all the time. It was a tough deal. I mean, it was like, just, just joking. But I'm <laughs> just kidding. There was this gal who was being forward with me, and I just put up a healthy boundary. I said, you know what? I don't want to sound freaky or anything, but I used to, you know, but I'm a, I'm a Christian now, and I'm not going there. She's like, what? You're weird. I'm like, yeah, it, 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 you know, intentionally so. And she just couldn't understand that. Well, true story, about two months later, I was going to class, and I bumped into this gal. She's like, I still can't, you're weird. She said, there's this girl that you ought to meet. She is as weird as you. She's like overboard for God. Her name is Amy. True story. And it was this girl who then introduced me to the love of my life, the mother of my six kids, because I drew a boundary. God used that. And it was really cool is this girl, she ended up becoming a part of our church years later, committed her life to Christ, and realized I was a person of integrity who years ago lived what I claim to believe. You, you, you'll be shocked how God might work if you are faithful enough to draw a healthy boundary. Now, all that being said, there will be times when you do that and someone does not respect the boundary. They continue to tempt. They continue to criticize. They continue to abuse. They, they continue to poison. At that point, what I'm about to tell you is something very dramatic. Many of you may disagree, but I stand by this 100%. The second thing you have to do if they continue to pollute is you have to cut off the toxic relationship. You have to cut it off. You have to. Now, I want to be very, very clear. Everybody listen very carefully. I am not talking about divorce. This is not a marriage issue. Everybody repeat after me. I will not divorce my toxic spouse. Okay? And this is not go home and say, you're toxic. If you have a toxic marriage, it's because both of you are toxic. There is sin, in, and if there is, if there is sickness, you go to a doctor. You go to a counselor. You go to your campus pastor, you go to your life group, you work through it. I'm also not talking about divorcing your family. I, I, I've got to be honest. I think this is so, so sad to see how often a parent will say, I'm writing my child off, or to see a child, I'm never speaking to my dad again. I'm no, we're talking family, we're talking about covenant. You work through pain. You work through it. The only time you're going to cut off is when there's the threat of extreme abuse, and you're doing it for safety, nothing else. Not, well, she said, and so we're not talking anymore. No, you work it through with family. I'm talking a broader set of relationships. In fact, when you look in Scripture, you can see examples, even very simple. Paul and Barnabas, they disagreed about one guy, and they were, they were saying, what should we do? And, and they're like, well, we disagree. And because of their disagreement, they couldn't continue to minister effectively because they were disagreeing. So they just said, let's go our separate ways. It was, uh, it was all on good terms. You go minister there, I'll go here. And we just parted ways so that we could be more effective. Look in the Old Testament. There's verses in your notes that can be helpful. God would say, don't go in and intermarry with those who worship pagan gods. Don't, stay away. Cut it off or you'll get sucked into the toxic, false 
religions. You, you can see Paul saying, don't be unequally yoked. In other words, don't partner up with non-believers. You, you want to have as many non-Christian friends as you can have as you minister to them. But you're not going to date them if you're a Christian. You're certainly not going to marry them if you're a Christian. You're not going to become covenant partners in a business deal because ultimately you should have very different values. You can see a great example of this uh, when Joseph in the Old Testament uh, was serving and honoring Potiphar's family. Anything the family needed, he was there for until Potiphar's wife asked him to do something very inappropriate. She made a move on him and watches he immediately cuts off the relationship. Scripture says Potiphar's wife caught Joseph by his cloak and said, come to bed with me, big boy. Okay, what did he do? He left his cloak in her hand and say it aloud, he what? He ran out of the house. Now, I don't know. I, I don't think you could even see that on TV. I mean, she took off. He's, she's got his clothes, and he's doing this. I hope he had underwear on, but that guy is busting out of the house. Notice what he didn't do. Notice he didn't say, oh, well, obviously you have a spiritual challenge. May I sit down and hold hands with you and pray with you about this and ask the Lord to deliver you from your lust issues. I mean, he, he didn't do that, and yet sometimes that's what people do. He realized this is potential gangrene. This, is, this could be very, very dangerous. And he cut off the relationship. There are all sorts of examples. Maybe you're a, a teenager and someone is sexting you. Some of you are going, what is sexting? That's sending inappropriate sexual texts. Very common in middle school and high school today. You, dr you draw a healthy boundary. Stop. I don't want to see another one of those. If they continue... You cut it off. You change your phone. You don't give it to them. We are no longer texting. You're cutting off this relationship because that is poison and I'm not going to stand for it. You've got a, uh, a business partner and they're wanting to do, to do something very unethical. You say, no, we're not going to do that. They insist. We're going to do something unethical. It's going to drive up profits. You say, you know what? I'm not going to continue in this relationship. I'll buy you out. You buy me out, whatever the case is. But I'm not going to compromise my values. Let's just go our separate ways. We're, I'll still be nice to you, but we're not going to be business partners. Uh, you're flirting with someone at the office. They're flirting with you. You're starting to be, oh, man. You're married and someone's flirting with you. They're toxic. You cut it off, you get out of there immediately, you do not stick around, you run for the hills. Ladies, you may be, you're dating someone, he's a jerk. Everybody knows it. Every one of your friends says he's a jerk. Your mom says he's a jerk, your dad says he's your best friend, everybody in your life group, and you're continuing with someone who is obviously not God's best. You just say, I, I am not settling for a fixer-upper. I am not going to insult God to say he couldn't bring me someone special. I'm not going to let you treat me that way. You break up. You have faith that God's going to bring you someone better. If someone continues to tear you down and push you morally, you break it off. I am separating from you. We're cutting this off. It sounds harsh, but there are times when you need to do this. Now, let me be very, very clear. This should be the cutoff. It should be a very, very rare thing for a Christian to do. It really should. 
This should be very, very rare. In fact, I've just kind of thought through, based on my experience, it would probably be a little more common in your teenage years and maybe in your 20s or so, because you're typically exposed to more uh, toxic type behavior. It, it'll also be probably a little more common for those of you that are newer Christians. You're coming out of some polluted relationships. You've got some, some baggage. You're still more vulnerable. Maybe a little common at that time. As you grow, though, in Christ, you should already have healthy boundaries in place. You should start building more appropriate and healthy relationships. And I, I am not saying, you know, you go, oh, okay, I've got the 18 people i got to cut out of my life today. That should be very rare. In fact, it's been close to 20 years since we've drawn, drawn a line in the sand and said, we're not going to continue in this relationship. When you do so, you often do it from, you also do it from a very Christian perspective. It's, I love you, I'm always gonna pray for you, I'm not bad-mouthing you, it's just, this is what we have to do to honor God. And you never know how God might actually use this. Then what do you do? The reason you're doing it is so you can be like Jesus, who at times would set a boundary so he could go be with God for 40 days and 40 nights. So he could be so full of God and so full of his love and so full of his presence and so full of his spirit so that Jesus could then, with strength, go full on into a toxic world and help those who were hurting and, and open blind eyes and heal deaf ears and love the unlovable and touch the lepers because he was so full of God's presence. This isn't a self-preservation, I've gotta stay away from those dangerous people. This is a, I've got to do what it takes to be so full of God that I can go and give his love to everyone who needs him in the world. But you'll never be able to do that if you continue to let gangrene, let the bad company corrupt your good character. There are those of you who need to hear from the Spirit of God today, create a boundary, or maybe even cut it off, so that you can please God, know Him, and then with strength, show His love to those who desperately need Him. All of our campuses together in prayer. Father, thank you for your living word Thank you for the way you speak to us. And God, I pray that right now, at this moment, that your Holy Spirit would help us to identify anything that, that is potentially toxic, any relationships that could be poisonous, that could corrupt, that could hurt our relationship with you and ultimately the ministry that you've called us to do. As, as you're praying today at all of our locations, many of you are going to say, I, I, I see it, there's, there's a someone who's always negative dragging me down. There's someone who's controlling. There's a tempter, and I, I really need to set boundaries. Or it, it may have been beyond that. You've tried, and now you maybe need to totally redefine the relationship. All of our locations, those of you would say, you know, there probably is someone like that. Would you just lift up your hands? I'm going to pray for you for wisdom. Just lift up your hands right now. All, all of our locations, tons of hands going up, and I just ask now, God, that you would give your people wisdom not to be mean-spirited, not to abort your call to forgive or to love our enemies or to bless those who, who curse us, but to set up the appropriate spiritual boundaries. God, I pray you'd give them the courage to have difficult conversations. And God, if there would be anyone that's maybe in a relationship so toxic that it's poisoning their relationship with you and keeping them from doing what you call them to do, I pray that you would give them the courage, God, to step away redefine the relationship 
and break it off if that's what you call them to do. God, I pray you would give them wisdom. I pray you'd give them the words. I pray that you would give them the courage. God, help us to see that bad company can truly corrupt, pollute, erode, and poison good character. Give us the courage not to let that happen so we could be the ministers, God, that you call us to be. As you keep praying today at all of our locations, I want you to just think about this. Nobody looking around, but we've talked about other people being toxic, but the reality is all of us can be very toxic, especially when it comes to relating to God. I don't know about your story, but my story, I always felt drawn to God. I, I, I believed in him, but I didn't know him. And so I thought I had to stop doing bad stuff, stop doing the sinful stuff and start doing the good stuff. But the problem is no matter how hard I tried, the more I'd mess up. I didn't realize that, that the, the big problem is I was, I was toxic. I am a sinner. And because of my sin, I'm incapable of always doing the right thing before God. I thought I had to be religious and work my way to God. I had to clean up before I could come to God. And I didn't realize that I had to come to God as I was, as I am, full of sin, and call on the only one who could cleanse me from sin. In fact, you want to hear the most powerful story? God so loved the world that he became one of us. In the person of his son, he entered into a toxic and a sinful world, and he stayed clean. He never sinned. He died on the cross so that we could be forgiven. Now, no matter how sinful you are, when you call on the name of Jesus, he will save you. The Bible says if you confess your sins, he is faithful and just to forgive your sins and to cleanse you from all unrighteousness. Perhaps that's why you're here today. You are toxic and you need a savior. I'm not gonna ask you to do something and change, modify your behavior. Instead, what you're gonna do is you're gonna enter into a relationship. Because of what Jesus did, you're gonna have access to God the Father. He will change you from the inside out you will be forgiven and forever transformed. We're not talking about what you do, we're talking about what he already did. You're gonna call on Jesus and he's gonna transform you. At all of our locations and around the world at Church Online, those of you who would say, that's me, I want to know him, I need to be forgiven, I am toxic, I am sinful, I need a savior, if that's you today, would you lift your hands high right now and just say yes, Jesus, take my life. Lift your hands and say yes, I surrender to him. Those of you at Church Online, would you click right below me as there are hands going up at all of our campuses. Continue to click below me at Church Online as hands are going all over the place. Would you all just join those around you and pray aloud. Pray, Heavenly Father, save me from my sin. I need forgiveness and I need a Savior. I want to know you. I want to serve you and I want to follow you. Thank you for forgiveness. Thank you for new life. Fill me with your spirit so I could walk with you always. Thank you for new life. Now take all of mine. In Jesus' name I pray. And all of our campuses take a moment to praise God. Thank him for who he is. Welcome those today who found new life in Christ.